Praise the Lord. Hello, you guys. Y'all doing? How's it going? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. So we are coming from Psalm chapter 100 tonight. Psalm 100. I hope you guys can hear me. Um, I got the laptop a little bit further away since my brother is here uh, with us tonight. Psalm 100, and we'll go to verse 4. Psalm 100, and we'll pick it up at verse 4. Uh, so let's just pull that up. All right. So, again, we're coming from Psalm chapter 100 and verse 4. That's Psalm 100, and we're going to kick it off at verse 4. We're talking about Thanksgiving. I know uh, that's the time of the year that we're in as far as uh, the holiday is concerned. Uh, and so I wanted to just talk about that tonight. So let, let's pick it up in verse four there. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now, I want to ask you a question. And I don't want you to answer because, <laughs> because the answer might not be uh, a pleasant answer. It might be true, but I don't want you to answer because I don't want anybody to be looking at somebody else. But now we gathered uh, on via uh, technology. We've gathered here for a Bible study. My question is, are you really thankful, though? Are you even happy that we're having a Bible study? Are we just going through the motions? Which one is it? Are you truly thankful for this opportunity that God has given us? You know, I was, uh, I seen a guy lose his phone the other day, and he was searching all over the place for it. It was raining outside, so he was afraid he might have left it outside. He was just searching, and I could tell he was kind of panicking uh, because the store uh, that he worked at was about to close, and he said, man, I'm starting to run out of time. And when he finally found it, he was so thankful that he did. He said, you know, it makes you appreciate it. Uh, when, you, when something's taken away from you, you start to have more appreciation for it. And so... I wanted to just talk about things along those lines tonight, being thankful, being thankful, because sometimes we're just going through the motions. Sometimes we're, you know, uh, I remember um, uh, someone who I used to go to church with, uh, the person ended up getting sick uh, and they died. And before, they died, they had this testimony that they had been asleep. They had been just going through the motion uh, in services, you know, just kind of sitting there, uh, not really paying attention, kind of halfway there. Uh, but God allows something to wake them up. And I'm certain, you know, once we get these wake up calls, we become thankful because we understand God could have taken me out. 
He could have just said, you know what? So-and-so, they just don't want to do right. So God is trying to see if we're truly thankful, not because of Thanksgiving Day, not because of what Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, not because of Thanksgiving Day, but because of everything that he did for us. And so when we start thinking about it, we say, well, you know, there's so many things that God hasn't did for me. There's so many unanswered prayers. That's the first things that pop up in our mind. All the things that we want God to do. But even if God never did one more thing for us, are we thankful for what he has done? Are we thankful? Because Now, to me, now, this, this is my thinking on it. I know we can tally up all the bad things that have happened to us in life, all the things that we want to happen, all the things that have went wrong for us. Now, I truly believe that God has blessed us in more ways than we can, uh, <laughs> really that we know of, but it outweighs all of those things that we want to happen. So in verse four, uh, he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And so, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was having a conversation with someone and they, they talked about how sometimes when we enter into the, the church, when we enter into his gates, uh, sometimes we come in with the wrong mindset. Sometimes we come in upset. Sometimes we come in frustrated about this or about that. And that might be true. I'm sure it is at times because of some circumstances that have happened. But if we really were to stop and think, I mean, just take a moment to think about all the things that God has did for us. How could we not enter with Thanksgiving? I mean, it just, it just should not be possible. I mean, just stop and think about a few things that God has did for you. I know you, our minds first gravitate to the negative things. It's our human nature. Our flesh gravitates toward, well, man, my day's been rough. It was so cold outside today. You know, we, we, we start thinking about every negative thing. If it rains, oh, man, I, I was so cold. It rained on me and I forgot my jacket. We, we think about all those things instead of thinking about, you know, I thank God for the rain. I thank God I have a jacket, even though I left it at home. We, we, we don't think that way, but we're told to enter with thanksgiving. Situations seem so much worse when people aren't thankful. When people, if you're surrounded by people with a bad attitude and we just nag and complain about every single thing, you know, you won't be... <laughs> you won't find any enjoyment. You ever tried working a job and everyone was around, everyone around you, all they did was complain about how much this job sucks. And you know what you start doing? 
the same thing. You said, wow, you're right. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I don't like this. And so the whole time you guys are there, it's miserable. There's nothing pleasant about it. Nobody, nobody wants, thank God, just for being alive, just for being there. Even if they weren't making the amount of money they wanted to make at their job. Nobody said, you know, I at least thank God that I have a job. Nobody said that. Nobody said, you know, I thank God that I'm capable of working. Nobody said that. They just said, man, how, how much this is horrible. So he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know, and I've mentioned this before, talking to uh, some people, they find it strange when you go into his gates with thanksgiving. They find it strange that people clap and jump and shout and, you know, show how they love God. Now, I'm not saying that's the only way you can show because God knows there's other ways to show that we love him other than clapping and saying how we're thankful. But now when people see that, they find it strange. But nobody finds it strange when everyone praises because someone scored a touchdown. Nobody finds that strange. Nobody finds it strange if the basketball player hits a game-winning shot. Nobody thinks that's strange. Nobody finds it strange if the baseball player hits a home run. You know, think about this. If you got a phone call tonight, it can be in the middle of this Zoom, and somebody said, you just won a million dollars. Now, I can guarantee <laughs> we'll be showing some type of thankfulness. Now, if you validate that this is real, we'll be showing all kinds of thankfulness. We'll jump, shout, tears will come to our eyes. We'll say, man, I just cannot believe this. This is the best day of my life. But look at how much God has did and is continuing to do for us. We should feel like this is the best day of our lives right now. Just because of how much he has did and continues to do. I guess sometimes we don't look at it like all the blessings God gives us if it's not directly at us. You know, like, for example, uh, like crops, animals, they need water to, you know, continue to grow for us to eat. I don't think we think about that, you know, in itself. We think about things like, oh, God, I'm help me pass this says, You know, like something that we can, like, tangibly see if it makes sense. Yeah. But if we just come into, see, that's the reason David said, he almost slipped because he was looking at the prosperity, something tangible of everybody else. He was looking at their prosperity, but look at where he said he had to go. I don't know if y'all remember, but he said he had to come into the gates, into the sanctuary, into the church to hear the word of God, to learn. See, we truly don't even know all the things we should be thankful for. We need to learn those things. 
We don't even know all that God has did for us because we haven't learned. It's impossible for us to know something that we hadn't learned. And so once we come into the church, once we come into his gate, then we begin to learn. You know, God has protected you. Even, uh, what was it, that Sunday, yesterday, uh, even at the church, someone uh, got into a shootout outside of the church. And from what I'm told, the bullet, it, it bounced off of the door and hit uh, the mirror on the side of the car. And this was my, well, I gave the car to my parent. But now, in my mind, instead of being upset about, man, you know, they, they messed up my car. This was an innocent car. The car ain't did nothing to nobody. You know, this is how we think. That car ain't hurt nobody. But instead of being upset about that, why not say, I thank God that nobody got injured? Why not be thankful for what God has did for us? He protected us. He protected his people that nobody got hurt from that. So we have to learn to do these things because the first thing that comes to our mind is, man, let me find out what damage was done to some things that I possess. See, we get upset about things we possess. It happens to us. You can get something new. And especially, especially when somebody gets a new pair of shoes, nobody wants, don't step on somebody's new shoes. They say, oh, you scuffed my shoes up. You messed my shoes up. I just got these. You know, we do this to one another. But instead, of, instead we should be thankful. I understand. We don't want to mess something up we just got. I get it. But accidents do happen. And so even if something accidentally happens, we should still be thankful. The Bible tells us the Lord giveth and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We should still be thankful, even if God allows something to be taken away. That truly shows if we're thankful or not. If we can still praise him, even when something is taken from us, that we cherish. Money gets Tony. taken from us all the time. Yeah, go ahead. Tony, that makes me think about, you know, one of the things that I can look back in my lifetime and I'm so thankful for is there's a lot of prayers that I prayed for in a time where I was living a life that wasn't right and pleasing to God. And I am so, so glad whenever I look back on those days that there's some prayers that I didn't get what I prayed for. Yep, we ought to be thankful. <laughs> Because a lot of us have prayed for some things that it truly wasn't for us. And at the time, we probably were upset that we didn't get those things that we wanted. But God knew what was best. So, you know, we have a God who is looking out for us. So it's incredible how how amazing God is towards his people. And so if only we would just come and learn 
learn how he's taking care of us. Because some people are under the mindset that they're taking care of themselves. They say, well, nobody cares about me. Nobody asked about me. Nobody uh, concerned with anything I have going on. But God is. But they don't know it because they haven't learned it. And so David, uh, when, when he wrote that, he was uh, correct when he said he had to go into the sanctuary. He had to enter into the gates just to see how much God has truly did for him. So you're right. I thank God he hasn't answered some prayers that I prayed that were foolish in the moment. But in my mind, I thought it made sense. He answered them. He just didn't answer them according to what I wanted. He, he, right. he, he seen my best interest. Yep. <laughs> just like you said. Yep. And you, and you know, our parents try to do that for us. There's times where uh, we have, we'll wake up in the morning and as a kid, you say, oh, I want some ice cream or, oh, I want some candy or some chips. And your parents said, no, you're not going to get that right now. You can eat some real food. <laughs> but as a child, you're like, ah, they never want me to have what I want. You know, that's the mindset that we have but we don't understand how they're looking out for us. And so there's a lot of bad things that have happened in our lives, and we don't understand how God is still working out things on our behalf. We don't understand it. We're just looking at it and say, well, God, that doesn't make sense. But the scripture tells us if we will learn, all things work together for the good. If we truly love him, it works together for our good. So we have a reason to be thankful. This isn't just uh, due to Thanksgiving Day. Every day of our lives, we should wake up thankful. We should wake up thankful. I've seen so many people, uh, recently especially, go through sicknesses. Um, a lot of people I've seen getting the flu, uh, getting different respiratory illnesses. And you know what I find when I finally see them again and they've recovered? They become more thankful. They said, man, you know, it feels good to be able to breathe through my nose. You know, it feels good to not continue coughing. You know, it feels good to not have a sore throat. You know, if we would be that thankful to begin with, I don't even see a need for us to get sick that way. But, hey, Tom. yeah. Hey, excuse me for cutting y'all. Hey, but you sure right, though, about with the car thing. I was talking I was talking to this person, and she was in a car accident, and her baby wasn't doing too much at all right. So, she was more outright. She was more concerned about that car and the end of things. I'm like, man, as long as you alive, I'm like, you can replace that car. She was more worried about that car. And you, that is true, though. <laughs> you worry more about the materialistic stuff than to be alive. Yep. But that's because we haven't learned to cherish each other the way we should. We've learned to cherish things 
cars, clothes, uh, technology, cell phone, computer. We've learned to cherish those things because you know what we say? Man, I spent a lot of money on this. We just think about how much money it's spent. Instead, we should think about, you know, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved, the Bible said he loved the world. And the cell phone is in the world. The car is in the world. Money is in the world. But Christ didn't die for a cell phone. He didn't die for a designer book bag. He died for us. That's right. He died for Steph. He died for Roderick. He died for Chelsea. He died for Casey. He died for Mel. He died for all of us. Suppose we had that love for each other above a $100,000 house. Suppose we had that love. Someone meant more to us than a million-dollar mansion. Suppose that. Suppose if we had that same love that God has for us, look at how much more thankful we would be. So let's read that again in verse four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And we are in Psalm, Psalm 100 and verse four, for anyone who doesn't know where we are. And we're talking about thanksgiving. And I chose this because of course, Thanksgiving day is here. But this isn't something that's specific for Thanksgiving Day. This is something that should be every day of our lives. So we're in Psalm chapter 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let's go back up to verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, these are things that people who are thankful do. These are things that someone who is thankful, they'll do this. They'll make a joyful noise. Now, it's not about how well someone sings, because we get this way. We start looking at, well, so-and-so can't sing. I don't know why they got up there trying to sing. Because the scripture said, make a joyful noise. They can stomp their feet. They can clap their hand. They can play a tambourine. They can use some sticks. It's a noise. As long as it's a joyful noise unto God. This is what he wants. Now, he doesn't need it. He does not need it, though. Uh-oh. Somebody has some noise coming. I think that's okay. All right, let's go to verse two. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, a lot of times we're not glad. With the things that we're doing, we're upset. You can see. To me with the things we are doing. A, a, a lot of things that we do, we go through life upset. So there are things that God tells us to do. Um, Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He woke me up. You know, there are folks that didn't get up this morning. 
I'm so, so thankful. And if he gives you a day, he's going to give you everything you need to see you through that day and help you get through it. Rejoice in today that the Lord blessed you with. That's right. And so, yeah, even, even as soon as we wake up, we should be thankful because I can guarantee you, if you get to a place in life where you're not sure if you're going to live tomorrow or the next few hours, every time you wake up, you'll be thinking about that. I'll, I'll tell you this. I remember times in my life where going through sicknesses, one in particular, I mean, the entire sickness uh, really humbled me. But one thing in particular, I remember I wasn't even able to feel hungry. And that's something we might take for granted. And I'm sure I probably did because you're used to getting hungry. You wake up, you eat, you actually, you wake up, you say, man, I'm hungry. And so we eat and some hours pass by. You say, oh man, I'm hungry again. Somebody say, didn't you just eat? Yeah, but I'm hungry again. And so for some time in my life, I wasn't even able to feel that feeling the sensation of hunger. And so just feeling that, I remember feeling it again, and it brought tears to my eyes because I was thankful that now I can feel something that I had taken for granted. And we do that in life. You know, we take for granted waking up. We take for granted being able to go to the store. We take for granted, oh, I can turn the lights on in my house. We take that for granted allow the power to go out and we're hurt. We said, man, I don't know how I can survive. It's so cold in here. Oh, it's so hot. Oh, I'm so bored. We've taken for granted a lot of these simple things that we have in life. You know, we can go to, to the sink and we have running water. When you have people, they don't have running water. They have to go to a well. They have to go to the lake and boil the water. And so there's a lot of things we do. You know, there, we might wake up one morning and uh, there's not the food that we wanted. <laughs> it, things like this have happened to me. It, it's not the food that you wanted. And so we find ourselves upset. Like I said, it's happened to me. I'm guilty. I was wrong. And so why not be glad? Because we have something to eat where you have people don't even have food. We, we can get up, look in our refrigerator, look in our uh, freezer, and we can take our pick. We say, nah, not this one. I had this yesterday. I don't want that one either. I had that the day before. You know, we change our food. We've got a whole menu in our refrigerator. And so why not be glad? to serve God. But there are some things that God tells us to do in order to serve him. We say, God, I don't want to do that. We're not glad about it. We're upset. We say, why is God putting all these rules and regulations on me? We're not serving him with gladness. We, like I even mentioned earlier, we go to church, we go to the Bible study. We're not glad about it. It's a task to us. They say, ah. Here we go again. We got to talk about this subject again. Ugh. 
I don't want to talk about this. We're not serving him with gladness. We find all kinds of issues to be upset about. We say, oh man, the preacher, (laughs) and I'm telling you things that I've seen. I've been in church. And of course, it's similarly how I come on here and we usually have Bible study for about an hour. And so there are people, I've been in churches where they do this. The preacher goes over the time that, you know, generally he preaches or teaches or whatever. And the people are like, looking at their time, continue to turn around, look at the clock. If you have a clock in the church, man, he must don't see the time. We're not serving them with gladness. We're not thankful to hear the word of God. But now, you know what? If we find ourselves in hell, like the rich man did, you know, he wanted to hear the word of God now. Matter of fact, he he was wishing somebody would send the word to his brothers and sisters back home. He now has an appreciation for the word. Tony, that's why why in Mark chapter 8, and starting in verse 33, that, that Jesus himself told Peter, Satan, get thee behind me because you savorest, you savorest more the things of this world than the things of God. Yep, we have to be thankful for the word. We have to be thankful for what God said, even if it contradicts what we think. We still should be thankful. Well, I thank God that, you know, I know the truth. Yeah, the truth can make us sad, but more so than the truth making me sad, it makes me happy to know that God found me uh, a sinner worthy enough to learn the truth. There, There are people out there in the world that don't know the truth. A lot of people don't know the truth. Like truly know. Yeah, they know bits and pieces, but I mean truly know the truth and here we are with an opportunity to learn more and more and we're upset about it bible study time already man it seems like we're always in bible study people will have one bible study a week and, and they can't even last one hour we can't even last one hour in a bible study without going to sleep Without saying, well, it's time to check my, my messages. We can't, we can't even focus on God's word for one hour. And like I said, I've been guilty of these things. But at what point will I try to do better? At what point is it going to take God to take it from me, to take the things that I've taken for granted? And then, you know, we'll be praying, Lord, if you just bless me one time, just one more time, I won't, I won't take it for granted again. I've told people that before. I say, you know, I've been in a situation where God took things from me that I took for granted. And so my prayer is that other people won't, they won't have to get to that place that you would just be thankful 
even though God didn't take something from you because it hurts. It's painful when things are taken from us that we recognize, man, I took that for granted. I didn't do right. It hurts when we get in situations like that. So we have an opportunity right now. I'm not talking about Thursday. Right now, tonight, we can show God that we're thankful. We show him by our lives. It's more than just saying thanks. I know we've, we've read the story before of the 10 lepers and how only one of them returned to show him thanks. But now it was more than just about how that one said, oh, Jesus, thank you. It was more than about just the words. It was the actions involved. See, it took them something to turn around and go back to him. That takes an effort. You know, we're, we're thankful to some small degrees, but not enough to actually do something. We're, you know, we'll say, oh, God, thank you. But when it comes down to doing what God said, we say, well, God, I'm not thanking you that much. I, I thank you some, but not enough to do all of that. See, I, I want to show you something. Uh, we might not come back to this chapter because we don't have a whole lot of time left. But let's go to Luke chapter 7 and verse, I think I want 36 there. Luke chapter 7. I want to show you something before we finish this thing up tonight. Luke 7. And let's start at 36 here. Again, that is Luke 7. And 36, Luke chapter 7 and verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharaoh's house and sat down to meet. Now we find Jesus at the house of the Pharisees. Now we know these are the people who opposed Jesus his entire life, or at least a lot of them did. Not all of them did. Was the Pharisees why they didn't believe in uh, resurrection, or was that the Sadducees? The Sadducees did. The Pharisees did. Okay. So let's go to verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisees' house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now, I, I took us here to see someone who is thankful for what Jesus has did. She's thankful now because if we understand her actions, see, she took something. She took an alabaster box of ointment. Now there, this is a very expensive oil. And we know this because one of Jesus's disciples, Judas, who also betrayed him, he said, look, Man, this oil is so expensive. We could have took this and gave some money to the poor. We could have sold that and gave it to the poor because she wasted it up doing this. She didn't have to do that, but she did it because she was thankful. See, people ought to be able to see our lives and, and say, you know, the reason they live like that 
is because they're thankful for all God did to them. People can't see we're thankful for anything because of how we carry ourselves, because of our actions. Everything we do, somebody has to pay us for it. We're not thankful. I'm not against people getting compensated for things, but everything we do, we have to get paid for it. But I find Jesus doing a lot of things and they didn't pay him for it. So this woman, she wasn't looking for money in every situation, out of every single thing. She wasn't looking for money. So she took this oil that was very expensive and let's see what happened. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now she wiped his feet with her hair. That tell me she must not have had a rag she, she must not have had a towel to wipe his feet. She used her hair. But she did this because she was so thankful for all that Jesus had did for her. It's worth the money. It was worth, even if somebody would say, oh, look at her. She all over the ground wiping his feet. You know, it was a custom now. I, don't, I want you to remember, it was a custom to wash feet. That was a custom there. But now, look at the scenario. See, there's some things we're willing to do for God, but not when somebody's looking. We said, well, I want to do all that because so-and-so might see me. She wasn't worried about who was going to see her. See, we might get, <laughs> we might do some things in private for God, we might cry out to him in private, but now if somebody's around, we say, well, I'm, I want to control myself because I don't want them to see me get like this. But now I'm telling you, if you find yourself in a desperate situation, in a situation where you really weren't sure if you survived, I don't care how many people are around. If you get through that, you're willing to show just how thankful you are to God. It doesn't matter how many people are there. You're willing to cry out to him, whether it's just you or 500 other people. You're willing to show just how thankful you really are. He also let those disciples that were there know that this was more than just her coming and doing um, with the ointment, what she was doing. This was, this was actually in, prep, in preparation for what was about to happen with the crucifixion of Jesus and all that. He let them know that uh, they didn't understand what was, but you know what? You know, things are more valuable to us, Tony, whenever, whenever there's some cost involved. And, and, and that's important. You know, um, whenever I was a kid, uh, you know, uh, you know, I heard that saying you wouldn't be spending them tires if you had to pay for them. Uh, but whenever there's some personal cost involved, then it's more valuable to it. It increases the value. Yes, that's 100 percent true, because if we didn't pay for something, 
you know, we don't care how it's used. If we're borrowing someone's car, we're like, ah, well, you know, it ain't my car. I, I've heard a lot of people say that. People use somebody else's things and say, well, it's not mine. So you're right. <laughs> when our own money is attached to something, you know, people find a way to take care of it a lot better. But here, this woman, this oil was in, it was in her possession. So she could have said, well, you know, I just don't think it's worth using it on this man's feet. It's not worth that. But she didn't feel that way because of how thankful she was of the things that Jesus got her out of. And so she did do it, uh, the scripture says, in preparation uh, for his death. But that's not the reason she did it, though. Because in her mind, she was just thankful for what he had did. Go ahead. Let, let's keep reading here. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. They said, look at this woman. She's a sinner. If he knew she was such a sinner, he wouldn't have even let her touch him. But Jesus had to explain something to them. Go ahead. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. Mm -hmm. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. Now, I want to put this in a way we can understand it. Let's say someone owed $500 and another person owed $50. Now we can understand that a little bit better. Go ahead. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them he will love, which of them will love him most? Yeah, which person is going to love the one that they owed the most? The person that owed 500, would they love the most or the person that owed 50? It's like if, if someone told us, and, may, and you might understand this a little bit better. Uh, let's say uh, a person owes someone a dollar because we look at a dollar, man, that ain't that much. But now let's say we owe someone a thousand dollars. If someone forgave you a thousand dollars worth of debt, now, you know, you'd be thankful. You say, whoo, my <laughs> God, thank you. you. You have blessed me. Now, if someone said, well, don't worry about paying me that dollar back. You say, oh, okay, thank you. You, you sure, though? They say, yeah, okay, thank you. You know, you're, you're thankful now. It's not that you're not thankful, but it's just not the same. It's not the same. So this woman here, she has realized how much Jesus has did for her. If only we realize how much God has did for us. Because we were in debt way more than a dollar to God. We, the Bible tells us we owe it to him. It's our reasonable service. We owe him our lives. 
Now, there's not a value on anyone's life as far as money is concerned. You can't say, well, my life, I, I know people say, well, oh, how much is so-and-so's net worth? And you look it up and it says $500 million is their net worth. I know people have attached a monetary value, but God never did that for us. God never said, well, oh, you know, uh, uh, Tony, his value is 500 and Kiara's value is $100. God never did that to us because he doesn't feel that way about us. When you think about it, he gave us all like, we're all equal on the playing field. We are. No matter what gifts, no matter well, so-and-so, you know, they, they can do this, but the other person can't. God doesn't care about that. He just wants us to do what we're capable of doing. Somebody said, well, oh, I don't know how to write in cursive. And you can take this other person, their cursive writing looks great. God doesn't feel, oh, wow, you know, that cursive writing that's, that brother can do. Wow, you know, he's worth so much more to me. God doesn't feel that way. But if we would get to the place where we understand that, we would be thankful. We would hey, be Connor. Just as this woman, go ahead. Hey, but too right though. This thing about it. God used all the God used all the handicapped, the dumb, the deaf, and the blind people to do His will, to do the things He said. You it's just like with Moses. Moses can read all right. It was one of them, but he still used them. Well, I don't know if he could read or write. Now, nah, I don't. I don't know if that's true. It was one of them he can do. It was. It was one of them he can do. <laughs> well, he had a speech impediment. Yeah, he couldn't speak. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, but, that's uh, it. He definitely wrote down things when when God uh, called him up to the mountain. So he definitely had to be able to read or write. Uh, but but yeah, he he had an issue. I get your point, overall point. He had an issue, but we all have some kind of issue. But God will still use us if we let him. But we don't all let him. Jesus for those nine people that didn't come back to thank him. We didn't allow God to use them. That's all that happened. Can you go to verse forty-seven? Let's pick up 47 now. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little was forgiven, the same loveth little. So if a person, so he's saying here is, if you forgive a person for a little bit, they don't really love as much as a person who you forgive them a lot. Certainly. That that's the that's the parable that he just gave us. See, suppose you have someone, say say you have two people, uh, uh say two people are arrested and one they went into Walmart and stole a, a DVD, and the other person they were arrested for murder. And so out of those two people, which one from our own estimation, I know everybody's different. I know some people aren't remorseful. I'm saying out of those people, if if the police officer said, you know what, you know, both of y'all are wrong now, but we're going to forgive you. Now, out of those two people, which one of the people 
are we estimating now? The murder because he'll have longer time in jail. Because of the crime. It's the crime that was committed that, that, that they're going to look at and say, you know, I deserve the death penalty for this. An awesome parable that you just made me think about, Tony. The Lord, he, 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 yet he shared this parable. He said, we're supposed to love those and pray for those that despitefully use us and do us wrong. And then he said, if you love those that love you, what is your reward? What thank have you? That's right. So, I don't know if you know it, Tony, but uh, this ain't just a Bible study. You've been doing some preaching. This is some good stuff. <laughs> so, um, so people that don't really love God, does that mean they're forgiven? Look. Ask that again. Because here he said the well, same love it. Look. Hold on. Now, I use that, that scenario from a natural standpoint. The scenario about the murderer and the thief. I use that scenario from a natural standpoint, but to God, all of that is the same. No, what I'm saying here... I'm, I'm getting to your answer. If I understand your question correctly, I'm getting to it. None of us... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it from the natural now, and I'm going to the spiritual aspect when it, as it pertains to God. So if we all understand, we owe a debt to God. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. So we all deserve death according to God's law. So we're all in the same playing field. So whether it's this woman who washed his feet, they all been there saying, Lord, let us wash your feet too. Let, let That's right. Because it ain't no it ain't no big sin or no little sin. Sin is owe, sin. They all owe the same debt. We all God the same debt. So there's not going to be one of us that makes it to judgment. And the Lord said, Oh, you know what, Tony? See, you didn't sin as much as Kiara. So, you know, come on in, brother. No. That's not what I was asking. We all owe the same debt. But what what's your what's your question? I was saying, so those who love, because the Bible says the same love it little. To whom little is forgiven, the same love it little. So I'm like, if a person loved little, does that mean that God had forgiven them a whole lot, considering like if they hadn't repented, like this, where I, this. I don't quite understand your question, but again, the debt that they owe to God is a lot. Mm -hmm. But the issue comes in with our understanding. That's the reason uh, King David said he had to go to the sanctuary so he could understand. See, we just don't understand just how much God has forgiven us for. There are sins that we've committed we don't even know we've committed. There are sins that we probably are committing right now. So once we begin to understand, wow, God, I was doing this wrong and I didn't even know it. And you still forgave me. Wow, God, I did wrong and I knew it. So and just, you still forgave me. So it's just us being aware. Yes, because there are a lot of sins that people are not aware of. Some we are and some we are not. And he's still forgiven us. So this is really a mindset thing. See, that's it's kind of like it's kind of like if somebody gave you a dollar, Kiara, you'd, you'd be appreciative and thankful. 
But if somebody gave you $10,000, you'd be much more thankful and appreciative. Exactly. It's, it's because of your perception. The value. The value. Yep. Perception you have. Yep. The value you attach to that money. So once we understand how much God has valued us, once we understand, wow, if I told us, see, people come up with some stuff these days. See, the devil, he's deceptive. Somebody, see, I had somebody tell me, y'all have heard this, I'm sure, at least most of you. Somebody said, oh, you know, just tell a little white lie. See, in their minds, the little white lie is not that bad. But they don't comprehend that the little white lie that'll end you up in hell if you don't repent. You, you are going to hell for the little white lie. He said all liars will all end up liars. in that lake of fire. All liars. Revelation 21, 8 says all liars will partake in the lake of fire. That's what he said in the book of Revelation. All liars. So that little white lie is going to send you to hell. So if we understand that, we say, my God, you forgive me for a lot of stuff. I've been so wrong. So it's the perception, though. So our perception, what he's dealing with in that verse is the perception. Their perception is, oh, they forgave me for a little bit. So, you know, it's no big deal. Like, like David said, if it's a dollar, somebody uh, say, well, here, you can have this dollar. It can be a stranger. A stranger at the store will give you a dollar. No stranger at the store is going to give you a hundred dollars. They said, no way. <laughs> man, I'm not, man, you think I'm going to let you get $100? So it's the perception of it. It's how much we value, as he said. So that's what he's dealing with there because God has, he has forgiven us much. The Bible tells us to so, whom much is given, much is required. He gave us the Holy Ghost. So like he's forgiven. And I'm, asking, I'm sorry, ask that again. So he's forgiven us even if we don't repent. And I'm asking because Acts 2.38 says, be baptized for remission or the forgiveness of sins. And he also said repent, though. Yeah. So if we don't repent, we won't be forgiven. That's right. And, and, and that's, what's, that's what people, that's what troubles me about once saved, always saved. People think that you can come to God one time and ask for forgiveness and repentance and then go out and live like the devil and still be saved. That's not true. What did he tell the harlot? You know, the, 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 they came, they brought the harlot to Jesus. And they, they told Jesus, they said the law of Moses said that she deserves to be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus extended mercy and grace. But what did he tell her at the very end after he forgave her? Go and sin no more. And then he said, if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. If you will confess your sin, then I'll be faithful and just and forgive you. But if we don't come to him and confess it and, and, and ask for forgiveness and, and be truly sorry and not sorry that you got caught, um, 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 then he will forgive you for it. But, you know, I hear people say nothing will separate us from the love of God and, 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 and nothing will. Nothing we can do can make him love us more or less. But there is something that will separate us and keep us out of keep us out of heaven and that's unforgiven sin. Yeah, he, he, Jesus said it plainly, except ye repent, 
He shall all likewise perish. We're, we're all going to go to hell unless we repent. It's simple. There's no mystery. There's no interpretation. There's no, uh, it's not a complex thing, uh, although it kind of is because Satan has blinded uh, the, the minds of uh, the whole world. And so, you know, people know that we need to. Sorry for getting so riled up. Man, that's <laughs> people know they need to change. Though a person, a person who gets out of jail, they know. Oh, if I do the same thing, I'll end back up in jail. That's a good verse, Kiara, for that. Uh, and, and if you want to cover it, Tony, before we uh, get off of here, Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-six. That's a powerful verse. It says that if we willfully. Do, and that means if we deliberately go out and sin after we have come to the knowledge of truth, there, there, remaineth, no there remaineth no more sacrifice. That's like saying, God, I know what your word says about it, but I'm going to go and do what I want to do, no matter what the cost. Uh, we, can, we can pull up that verse. Because what is the knowledge of truth? The word of God. It tells us what is okay with him and what is sin and what we can do and what we shouldn't be doing and what um, uh, it tells us all that we need to be saved. And, but it says once we, if we go out and willfully, willfully, it's one thing to stumble and fall in sin, but it's something totally different to go out and deliberately do what you know God says, no, that's not okay. All right, let's go ahead and pull that up. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 26. David, you made a really good point. Hey, it ain't me. It's just, it, 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 hey, I was just giving you the word of God. He, he, that's him. That's, of the, that's the Lord. God's word. Whatever says God's word is all true. That's right. Well, it ain't what I think. It ain't what things it ain't what anybody else says but it's what does say at the word of god that we've got to line up to exactly and keep us saved all right Melvin, you got it yep for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins now i want to make something clear here because we have all sinned even after we knew something was sin. We've all known certain things, I shouldn't do this. And we still did it. So the issue comes in when we intentionally sin, when we I'm not talking about you messed up and you feel remorseful. I'm talking about that continuation in sin. Like if I were to like go to court, so there's something that I have to intentionally do. No, not not necessarily that, because a whole sin you have to intentionally do. Nobody nobody kidnapped you and, and took you to the party and said, "All right, no, all sin you have to intentionally do." I'm talking about. See, now we have the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
now you truly have what it takes to know the truth. There are people out there without the Holy Ghost because at one point or another, we were without it. If we have it at this moment, we were once without it. And I'll ask you, did you willfully see in them? Because there were certain things you knew God said don't do, and I can guarantee you still chose to do it. You willfully sin then too. So if that's exactly what this is saying, then we might as well stop right now. Because we, we don't have an opportunity to be forgiven for those past things we did. But that's not what he's getting at. See, after we receive the Holy Ghost, we, have, we now have access to the truth. Before then, yeah, we kind of knew, but we didn't have an opportunity to know as we do now, once we have received the Holy Ghost. Once we have went to the sanctuary and started truly learning of him. And got the power that we need to overcome sin. And because now, we can't, go ahead, I'm sorry. Now, if you go into this lifestyle now, see, this is going to be different. Because now you have access to the truth. Now, I'm not saying you, God might not spare you. He might spare you. I can't say. Because there are some people who get saved. They get in the church. They start living right. They go back. And God will allow some of those people an opportunity to make it back. Some of those people, he lets make it back. So I can't say how it's going to go for you. But now what I can say is, if we miss this opportunity in this life, there's no more sacrifice. Jesus is not going to come and die again. How are you talking about like him dying again? It, that, that was the sacrifice. He's not going to die again. See, look at what happened to the rich man. He missed his opportunity. Now he's wishing, he's hoping for a sacrifice. He's hoping Christ saves him. But Christ had already died. Tony, there's another scripture that says one. There's another scripture that talks about that whenever we um, um, don't do what he said, uh, you know, whenever we are disobedient, it, it talks about that you you put me on the cross afresh, anew. Um, um, and and Kara, a, a really good uh, chapter. Romans chapter six, there's 21 verses, uh, 21 or 22 verses. And it starts out, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's verse one. And verse two says, God forbid, should we, we're supposed to be dead, um, dead to that carnal sinful nature. Once we come to Christ, we're supposed to take on his nature and through the power of the Holy Ghost, that what's that's what gives us, doesn't just take us into, uh, uh, lead us into all truth, but it gives us the power to overcome sin. Because before then, we didn't have the power to overcome sin. But once we come to Christ and receive the Holy Ghost, he gives us, the Holy Spirit is what gives us the power to overcome sin. Because if you try to do it in your flesh all by yourself, you're not going to be able to do it. And if you could save yourself, there would have been no reason for Christ to go to the cross. We cannot save ourselves. That's so true. And so we should be thankful that he did it because God knows. I just don't believe I could have taken it. The people laughing at me, you know, the people spitting on me, the people whipping me. 
even if he said, you know, I just need one person, even though I'm, even though you guys are full of sin, somebody just go to the cross and the whole world will be saved. I just don't believe it would have been me. I'll be honest with you. From the, the beating that he took, I'm talking about just from the people. I don't think I could have taken it. And for anybody who said, oh, man, I know I could have did it. Well, <laughs> we're hurt if we get a cold. We're hurt if we get the flu, if we get the COVID uh, virus. You know, we're hurt. We're like, man, that was the worst time of my life. It was so rough. It was so bad. So I'm just not sure how we would have taken going to the cross and knowing Judas was going to betray him. He knew that. If we know somebody's going to betray us, what are we going to do? We're not going to be around. We're going to make you made, sure. <laughs> you made me think about the two disciples. Who were the two disciples that uh, they were asking the Lord, whenever you uh, come into your glory, uh, they were wanting to be seated on the left and on the right. He said, are you willing to go through? Are you willing to drink of the cup that I've, I'm going to drink of? Yeah, it was James and John. Yeah, we, we we just aren't, we were not able to do everything that Jesus did. And that's why he chose to do it for us. So I thank God uh, that he did that all for us. And it takes us to learn it, though. You know, if we if we truly start to learn everything that he did for us, we would be thankful. We would have joy, you know, uh, I was talking to someone and they were talking about uh, people being at church and the testimony leader is saying, you know, stand up and, you know, clap your hands and, you know, sing this song. Y'all come on, come on now. You know, when a person is truly thankful for everything God has did, you know, you would think about those words that are being sung. And once you start thinking about those words, you know, how the words say, you know, uh, he didn't have to do it, but he did. You know, wh whatever words there are to so many songs that uh, truly speak volumes of the things that God has did, nobody would have to encourage us, say, well, we'll give you a popsicle if you, if you stand up. You know, nobody, nobody would have to encourage us to do all these things that, you know, if we're, if we're truly thankful, somewhere in our hearts, we would want to do these things. You know, somewhere deep down, we say, you know, I, I want to do this. Not that I have to, not that, you know, you know I'm going to go to hell if I don't stand up, you know, but I want to. That's what this, uh, the, the woman did for Jesus. She did it because of the love, because of how thankful she was. And so whatever we do in life, uh, we should be doing it unto God. And we should remember just how much he's did. And so we should be thankful. He's forgiven us for a lot of things. He, he's given us the opportunity to be saved, something we don't deserve. You know, not, no amount of money can save us no matter how good looking we think we are, it's not enough to save us. Even if we're good at uh, exercising, jogging, uh, 
singing, you know, sports, whatever it is. We're good at watching TV. It's not, a, it's not enough to save us. We're good at sleeping. We're good at a lot of things in life, but it's not enough to save us. And so we should be thankful to God that, you know, regardless of what I'm good at and what I'm bad at, God still loves me. Hey, Thompson. Yeah. Hey, I think Nick, and let me know if I'm saying it right. You know, um, the father and the wise guy, at the end of the road, like, at the end of the road, he knew what time it was, but he figured all this stuff could save him. It does work. Can you say that one more time? Uh, I was saying Solomon, Solomon, the, um, Solomon, the wise guy that was, at the end of the road, he figured that all the things that he had that couldn't save him. Is that right? Well, he realized it was all for nothing. He realized he had to die. And then, you know, what was going to happen to all those things he worked for? And, of course, it wasn't going to save him. Just because he was rich, that didn't mean he was going to heaven, even though we look at it that way, because we look up to rich people. We look up to famous people. Why? They can't put us into heaven. So what if they got money? They can't help us to be saved. They might be able to help you get rich, but they can't help you get saved. So, he told the man what he told the man that went out and built the, all those different uh, the bigger barns. He called. He he told him. He said, "You fool! Your soul will be required of you this night. Then who's going to enjoy your pleasures, your stuff? So um, it ain't about our stuff. Yep. So we have to go as King David said, we got to get into the sanctuary. We got to get into the word of God. We have to get into the church and be glad about it. So God will continue to open our understanding. So we would uh, go through life, you know, with thanksgiving, with gladness, with joy in the midst of the storm. So that's where we are tonight. And so I hope you guys uh, continue to have, um, yeah, joy. If we if we would think about Tony, what it really cost Jesus for our souls to be saved, I couldn't afford not one drop of blood that he gave for my for my sin. You know, it cost him everything. It he left heaven above to come down and give everything. He didn't hold back anything. To save us, he didn't have to. He had the opportunity to save himself, but instead he chose to save us. You I'm know, so thankful. My God, you know, after after you mentioned blood, I thought about uh, even the other night it was a basketball game, and uh, a guy was most likely mistakenly hit in the face, uh, and. I heard some people talking about the guy's reaction because initially the guy, you know, he was hurt by it. Uh, but after he realized blood was pouring down from his face, then he was really upset because someone hit him and caused him to bleed. You know, it's something about the shedding of blood. You know, if somebody, if somebody hurts 
uh, one family member and causes that person to shed blood. You know, if somebody mistakenly hits somebody, you know, it, it's okay. They're upset. But when blood is involved, you know, that's a whole, that's a different level. And so just knowing that Christ, he chose to shed blood for us. He chose to bleed for over three hours. He was on the cross for three hours, but he was bleeding well before that because they had whipped him all night long. So look at how much blood he lost. All the things that he did for us, why wouldn't we be thankful? Why wouldn't we have a desire to serve him? You know, we, when we're asked to do things, we're so upset by it. But it's because we're not thinking about all that Christ had to go through. We're not thinking about all Christ did for us. Because if we are thinking about it, we would not be able to have the same reaction. We would find a reason to have joy no matter what happens. So it's my hope and my desire that, you know, these things that we talk about, that it would truly be a part of me. And I'm hoping and praying that you guys have that desire also, that it would be a part of you. It's not something that we just talk about for an hour and 18 minutes, and then <laughs> we move on with our lives. We're right back to the same things that we were doing beforehand. So at this time, we will wrap it up. We will say praise the Lord and thank you guys for tuning in. God bless you guys. I've enjoyed you guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving week, but I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving life, you know, where we show uh, God every day of our lives to until our dying breath. Even after that, you know, God, I appreciate what you did for me in my life. You know, regardless of what I had or what I didn't have, you still bless me way more than I deserve. So I hope you guys feel that way. And if you don't right now, I hope you guys grow into that uh, you know, each and every day. So, again, thank you, guys. God bless. Good night. Have, have a great, great night. night. I love y'all, man. Take care. God bless. Have a good night. Grace. Happy peace. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.